Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I told myself next time weeping and gnashing of teeth showed up in the gospel, I was going to preach on it. Um, next time, next time. Our gospel reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend about some of the struggles his son has been having. My friend's son, Colin, who is now seven, has been dealing with intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that he has no control over, and when they enter his mind, they understandably induce some alarm and panic. My parents hate me. I am going to die tomorrow. Life is meaningless. These are scary thoughts, especially for a seven-year-old. My friend got the idea of having Colin name these thoughts when they flash across his mind. Let's call them something silly, son. What should we call them? Colin said, let's call them fuzzles. Fuzzles. Anytime these thoughts come and you feel that fear in you rising because you don't know what to do and you don't know what these thoughts want from you, just say fuzzle, even as you let yourself laugh as you hear that silly word. And then remember how much dad loves you. There's something profound there. Naming your fearful thoughts something funny, something silly, look them right in the eye and call them fuzzles. And then remember your father's love. We'll come back to Colin's hard-earned wisdom towards the end. But first, I want us to think a little bit more in depth about this strange parable that Jesus tells. So there are two conventional ways um, that the, the parable of the talents is usually interpreted. The first is to say the talents mean talents, that they refer to human abilities, the conventional sermon, the sermon you might hear, says, people of St. Paul's, you are very fine and extraordinary people, which is true, but you are clearly the slave with five talents. And your job is to go from this place and use your five talents to the finest, and your accomplishments will make God very, very happy. The second conventional sermon says that talents mean money. The corresponding sermon goes, money won't help you if you keep it under your bed. Go out and make more money. And the more you make, the more you'll be able to give away. It's not too difficult to see why these kinds of interpretations flourish in our own cultural context, where it seems that most of us do have talents and do have financial resources. But I want to resist both of these sermons because the parables that Jesus tells are subversive to his hearers. They're always disrupting their way of thinking of the world. Matthew 25 is the final chapter of Jesus's of teaching in Jesus's life. The 26th chapter begins the great passion narrative. And it's in the passion narrative that we see that God has deeper interest than merely giving the world a few talents to level up. It's in the cross that we see that God doesn't give the world stuff to manage or control, God gives relationship. God gives himself. He gives us the whole creation restored and renewed to work in and work with. 
He gives us one another to live with, but he doesn't just give us stuff. We don't have a series of Amazon Prime packages descending from heaven and arriving on our doorstep labeled love from God. You have something much better. A love that creates relationship with God. The love that makes us different persons. People of courage, of trust. The love that heals the fear and anxiety that locks us up from one another and frees us to work for the new humanity. The first, two understand, uh, the first two servants understand the great gift they've been given, but the third is still trapped in his own fear. I know I've been given a relationship with God. This is so precious and so important and so vulnerable, and the best thing I can possibly do with it is nothing. Tell nobody, show nobody, keep it buried. Never mind about relationships with others. Never mind about transformed humanity. What I've got is a relationship with God. I'll keep it locked up so it doesn't make a difference to anybody else. And if truth be told, that is rather what we're inclined, at least what I'm inclined to do. And we're inclined to do it like the third servant in the story, partly because it doesn't feel very safe going out and building relationships with all sorts of people who, don't, who may not be very nice to us. Because the, the new humanity looks like rather hard work. It goes against the grain. All the stuff about forgiving your enemies and letting go, taking risks for the sake of love. And so all things considered, we, we might like to keep it locked up under lock and key. And what Jesus says to us in this parable is that one sure way you have of losing your relationship with God is being unwilling to let it go. A great paradox. If you're not willing to let go, open up your hands, you lose everything. The funny thing is the love, the risk, the generous giving and engagement, which feels so dangerous, is your only way to security. So there's the challenge. What's given to us is relationship, and what we do with it is build more of it. What's given to us is the new humanity, and what we do with it is to struggle to make people more human around us and to help them to the humanity that is denied by so much of life in our society. Building relationships with strangers, working for the humanity of those dehumanized, working for the humanity of those in our midst who are forgotten or homeless or hungry. And there's one final point to be made about this parable. If you look at the Gospel of Matthew, you'll find that this parable is actually the ham in a sandwich. Before it comes the parable of the sleepy bridesmaids. On the other side of it comes the parable of the sheep and the goats. Now the parable of the sleepy bridesmaids, who let their lamps go out because they've dozed off while waiting for the bridegroom to arrive, is a parable about keeping awake. Keep on the watch. Keep your eyes open. You never know when the glory of the Lord is going to blaze out onto the world, so keep your eyes open. You might just miss it, and you don't want to miss it. On the other side is the parable of the sheep and the goats, where we're told, if you keep your eyes open, you'll find Jesus where you never expected to find him. You'll find him in the prisoner and the poor and the sick, and the wounded. So you might say that the argument of this discourse in Matthew 25 goes something like this. Keep your eyes open. Don't be afraid. And what you'll find you're doing is serving Jesus. 
keep awake. There is so much in our world that wants to keep us away from this work. Layers upon layers of distraction come at us trying to divert our attention. The everydayness of our lives. But ultimately, keep awake to fear. Don't let it grab you. Fear is so prevalent these days. Fear of losing our lives. Fear of not accomplishing anything. Fear of being rejected. Fear of looking silly. Fear of not being able to make a difference. Fear that God is calling us to make a difference. Keep awake to fear. And listen out for Jesus' voice who enables us by grace to look our fears right in the eye and call them something silly. Go ahead, call your fears fuzzles. What do you fear? Death? In the resurrection, Jesus calls that a fuzzle. Fear of financial insecurity? God has given you the full wealth of his being. Call Call that fear a fuzzle. Fear of illness, Jesus promises to bind up our wounds and raise us in glory. Call that a fuzzle too. God gives us himself this day. He pours his love into our hearts. He gives us the sacrament of the new humanity. And with it, he leads us into a world where fear is drowned in love. Where we, awakened by love, can look fear right in the eye and call it a fuzzle. Laugh, giggle as you say that word. Draw a breath as you step into a deeper freedom. And then remember how much God loves you. Amen.